Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleda, and it's so great to be together again and talk all things love, sex, dating, marriage, and singleness. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues, and I'm here to take your relationship questions. I've written hundreds of relationship articles across the internet, and my relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaches millions of people with the message of healthy relationships, because that's really what I'm all about. So today we're talking about something I'd like to call oversharing. Have you ever walked away from a conversation and felt like you shared just a little too much? What is it inside of us that causes us to share more than we should? And when it comes to dating, how much is too much to share when you're first getting to know someone? When should you talk through things like sexual past or share your deep secrets? Isn't it important for someone to know who you are at the get-go? In today's conversation, we cover these questions and a whole lot more. Let me introduce you to our caller. Today, we are joined by Melissa from Miami. Hey, Melissa. Hi, how are you? It's good to have you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So what's going on with you, Melissa? So um, one of the things that I find uh, tricky and sometimes, uh, let's say, hard to do is communicate with somebody that you just started dating or somebody that you've been dating for a little bit, but talk about like sex and intimacy and maybe kind of what your sexual past has been, if there's been any. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering, how could we navigate that um, yeah. when the relationship is early on and how much should we share actually? Right. That's a good question. You know, our past is definitely an important part of who we are. For sure, hands down. Um, Our past shapes us, but I will say this, our past does not define us. So in my mind, as we're starting a relationship, I don't think it's wise to go into it talking about your sexual past when you're that early on in a relationship because you don't want your sexual past to define you. And I don't think you should lead with that foot forward. Um, especially that early on in a relationship because you still don't even know how the relationship is going to progress. You don't know if you're going to end up with this person or not. You don't know if this is someone you're even going to want to stay with or someone who's a good match for your life. So I really believe that at the start of the relationship, it's important to only cover certain topics. Um, And and you've got to kind of see the first part of a relationship as your goal is to get to know this person. Your goal is exploration, to get to know them, mm. to get to know um, their personality, to get to know their quirks, their habits, their job, their career, their ambitions, their goals. You want to get an idea of where this person is going and who this person is in the beginning. Your goal is right. not to know where they came from at the very start of a relationship. If you, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. That actually kind of helps release some of the pressure because I feel like some people, or at least I've seen that some people just walk into it with so much pressure and expectation and they feel that they need to cram everything in into the first 
few weeks or months yeah um to kind of get an answer like is this person it or not right and I feel like there's just so much pressure for that at least for me because I feel like you're saying this is about getting to know someone getting to enjoy time with them and explore but even in just friendships some guys would just ask really strange direct private questions and I'm like well I don't feel comfortable always sharing but I feel weird back up buddy back up yeah absolutely yeah and 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 it's not healthy to start there it's not healthy to start by diving in the deep end of a relationship before you've walked in the shallow end for a little bit you know like it's just not it's not healthy for either party but I think you're right Um, and especially in the Christian culture like you said, people are trying to jam in an entire like two years of dating in the first week so they know, okay, is this person I can marry or not? And and sometimes our approach to dating is too serious. Like like we're literally there trying to figure out, okay, can I propose to this person? Is this someone I can be married with and I got to figure it out in 24 hours, you know? Right, right. I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday and I was asking, He was he's a guy, a guy friend, and I was like, I feel like guys right now, won't ask a girl or a woman out on a date if they don't have their finances ready. And I'm almost like, you're just taking her out on a date. Like, you're not going to marry this woman within six months. Well, maybe you are, but you shouldn't walk in or stop yourself from going on that date just because you might not be financially exactly where you want to be. It's just coffee, dude. It's just coffee, right? Right. It's just coffee. It's just a movie. It's just something. But, um, I feel like it's so hard as a single woman, and I'll tell you even harder in Miami, to even just go out on a date because the expectations are so high on so many levels Yeah, um, that it keeps people from just getting to know each other. Right. Absolutely. What's the dating scene like in Miami these days? It is complicated, like on a permanent complicated status. Yeah. Um, I think that... Something that I've talked to my friends about is that we need to change our mentality because there is a mentality that it's hard to be to date in Miami. Yeah. And the more people that have that mentality, the harder I think it's going to be. And I like that you said that because I think this applies to anyone who's listening who comes from a big city, you know, New yes. York City or Nashville, Chicago, all these different cities. When you come from a, a city and, and this, the culture that comes with a city it, there is definitely that stigma. There is definitely that belief that, oh, it's like impossible to date in L.A. or it's impossible to date in Chicago. But there are hundreds and thousands of people dating in these cities, right? Millions of people dating yeah. in these cities. So you're saying like it starts with backing up and changing that narrative. Absolutely. And I think there needs to be when when it comes to big cities and I come from originally from New York. Um, but I've been in Miami for a really good chunk of my life. I think you need to be open to the fact that people have different cultural backgrounds. Um, And I'll tell you something very simple and straightforward. Americans, you're 18, you go to college, you're out the door, right? Right. Latinos are okay if your child stays there longer. And a lot of Latin children are actually at home helping their parents. Right. It's a different, it's a different culture. Absolutely. And I, when you look at I, I personally like that culture, if, if I'm honest. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm still at home and I'm, you know, beyond my 20s. But some of us are helping out in the home. But when, um, like, 
if somebody that's an comes from an American background sees that, they think, oh, you know, she's not, she doesn't have her stuff together, she's not fully prepared. Like there's these things. Well, you're just not seeing the context of what that situation is like, and so that can create some tension or some missed opportunities. Yeah, because you're just looking at it superficially without understanding background, and this is like a very superficial, like just. X type of situation. Right. But you just have to be open to getting to another person a little bit more and understanding their whys and their hows. Yeah. Not just their what's, their when's. And and in a big city, there is a lot more cultural um, diversity. So yes. so when we're talking about this process of exploration, we are talking about getting to know these things first. Getting to know the cultural background, getting to know you know, what what you're all about and what your family's like and what your day-to-day looks like. And, you know, sometimes we, we think of those deep, dark things first. And I'm not saying those things aren't important to find out. They are. But those things aren't important to find out if this person's personality isn't a good match for you or this person's lifestyle isn't a good match for you. Like, you don't need to get to those levels until you've hit level one, two, and three first. You don't get, you don't, you don't need to start with a hundred, you know? Right, right. And I think that may, you can you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the dark parts, that's where we need to go to God. If, if you know, we're talking about Christian dating and let him guide us, but we need to take care of that one, two and three and just be there, be present and understand that this is a process. Like right. I, it is a process. I, Getting to know someone is a process. It's like peeling back an onion one layer at a time. And Definitely, when someone is thinking of getting engaged and moving towards the thought of marriage, that's the time to really start digging. And, you know, the, the pre-engagement conversations, like we're moving towards marriage and, and we're really getting to know each other and the different seasons of relationship. And now we're in a more serious season and we're thinking about the possibility of joining our lives. That's what, when it's important to start unpacking who you are and where you've come from as well. Um, but early on in dating, you just got to get to know somebody. You just got to start exploring. You just got to work on understanding this person for who they are today before you dig deep. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, something that I've seen happen to, and it kind of has happened to me is that I've dated people who I was friends with before and maybe some of that oversharing kind of happened because you're friends and you don't think anything of it. And I'm sharing with my friend and right. we're you know, gaining that trust. Like, how do you navigate that part when you now know more of the person that you would otherwise? When it's somebody that you've been friends with and yeah, and you've you know had a long time to get to know them. Well, you know, I think when it happens in the natural context like that, a natural friendship context, you're not diving in so that you can figure out if this is someone you're going to marry. It's just happened in the natural context. I think, you know, there's nothing you can do about that as far as it pertains to you. You can control what you share with people. And I think it's important to be careful with what you share with the opposite sex because our emotional conversations are binding. You know, they, they, they draw you to people, they connect you to people. So I think yeah. it is important for you to guard what you share. Um, but but when, when someone's sharing with you and, and maybe you know a little bit more about their past than you want to know, um, if anything, I think it maybe helps inform your decision a little bit more when you see who they 
were and who they are. And, and again, remembering that our past doesn't define us, but it does shape us. You know, it does influence who we are today. And I think, again, you know, going back to your main question, the key is learning to put boundaries with yourself and what you choose to share and what you choose to talk about because that's the one and only thing you can control because once those words are out there once that information is out there there's nothing you can do to reel it back in you know there's nothing you right. can do to, to to delete that from their mind and just be like oh pretend I never said that like that's just not how it works so really your biggest barrier your biggest guard your biggest protector is what you allow to come out of your mouth and And I would say navigate all relationships with that wisdom and discernment and discretion, whether it's women, whether it's men, you've got to know that you can trust someone before you share certain things about who you are and where you've come from. You know, that verse in the Bible that says, don't throw your pearls before swine. Like don't take what's valuable to you and just throw it to people who don't really care. Like you've got to really know that these people care about you, care about your healing, care about your success, care about you getting to a better place. People who are going to speak life into you. And those are the people that you can feel comfortable sharing with. So I think it really starts with you having kind of like a gate of what you choose to to share with others and what you choose to hold on to. That makes a lot of sense, Um, especially to me, because I tend to fault on the side of being an oversharer. Yeah. um, With friends as well. Yeah. And it's been a walk of, I will be comfortable sharing this much, but I also, okay, what can happen if I share this? And I need to be comfortable with that other side as well. Yeah, Um, you're absolutely right. And you know what? I think part of it is personality and part of it is cultural and part of it is what we learn. Um, I think some cultures see boundaries as a negative thing. And and they think well if you if you're not totally sharing everything you're not being authentic and 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 I think really having a healthy understanding of how your culture has shaped you how your past has shaped your beliefs about sharing and not sharing and and why you feel the need to share those things with people is it is it rooted out of I I want to be accepted is it rooted out of I want to forge intimate relationships is it rooted out of a need to be known like what is that inside of you what is that drive that causes you to overshare and learning to kind mm-hmm. of pinpoint that so that you can start setting healthy boundaries for yourself and not oversharing and not giving away more of yourself than has been earned by somebody. That makes a lot of sense. What's interesting is, at least for me, I come from a family that doesn't really share. Mm. So, um, you, you, so you're probably doing the, the complete opposite. You're, you're overcompensating for that, you know? It might be. It might be. Um, at least in certain areas of my life, one, one of the things that I realized is I think that when we tell our own story, we take away the power from shame and guilt to, to tell our story. Mm. Um, so there are things that I share, not strategically, but almost with that in like consciously in mind. Yes. Of, and think, think these, these might not be terrible secrets or pet things in the past, but maybe just a day that I have anxiety. Hey, today I'm feeling anxious. Like I'm not feeling that well. And I do it with some of my friends that are around me so that they know that if they don't see me be myself, they understand. Some people might not feel comfortable knowing that I have anxiety, but I say it so that, hey, I'm not myself today. Just so you know, I might be a little too rowdy. I might be a little too quiet. It might be something. But I guess my question to you is, 
on the topic of mental health, like talk and talking about sharing when you're maybe it's somebody that you want to date or maybe it's somebody that you are recently dating. Like how, how do you navigate those topics as well? It's not your dark secret, but how do you share that? I put that stuff in the same category, the same category of those intimate details of your life that you're sharing with your core group. If you think about your friendships like this, your, your core group is the first group. Think of a bullseye with me with three circles. Okay. The first circle is your core group. Those are the people that know Melissa, love Melissa, support Melissa. Those are your people. Those are the people you can feel comfortable sharing those things with, right? You can, you mm-hmm. can feel comfortable letting them into your bad days, letting them into your dark past, letting them into your dark present, whatever it is that you're struggling with, the sins and struggles of your life. And like you said, when we speak those things out, when we bring them to the light, they lose their power over us. They lose their grip over us. So it's important. It's vital to have people like that who you're able to share with. Your next circle is your circle Mm -hmm. two friends. Those are the people who are your friends you interact with on a regular basis, but they're not your core group. They don't know your deepest, darkest secrets. You know, you might interact with them. You might share some things with them. You might even go a little bit deep with them, but they're still not level one friends. So you kind of just keep extra boundaries, a little bit more boundaries with your circle two friends. Your circle three friends are then your acquaintances, people that you see at work, the people that you um, interact with at church, you know, maybe you see them once a week or a couple times a month, or they just don't have that close of a relationship with you, but you have superficial interactions with them. I think sometimes when we have conversations with our circle three friends, for the Mm -hmm. sake of conversation, We're talking, we want to have a conversation, we like chit-chatting, so we end up accidentally oversharing with those group of people. Mm -hmm. And that's when you regret it because you're like, "Ah, I just told that person I'm struggling with anxiety. They don't even know me that well. Or I just Mm -hmm. told that person about my past. They don't even know me that well. And then you have that remorse. Like you you just feel like, oh, I just gave a little more than I should have. Yeah. And sometimes we do that just for the sake of connecting, for the sake of sharing, for the sake of having conversation. And that's when we really need to set boundaries for, for that and realize that our core group are the people that we are safe to share with. And I think in it, when it comes to dating, someone's going to start at your circle three. That's where they're going to start. Right. Eventually, they're going to get into your circle two and they're going to know a little bit more about your life, your family, your, your background. And then eventually, if things progress and things are moving in the right direction, they're going to move into your circle one group. And at that time, when, they, when you have affirmed that they are a safe person, that's when you kind of let your walls down and, and, you, and you can let them in and, and share these topics from sexual past to mental health struggles you know, to, to everything in between. And, and I'll end with this. You know, some people might be listening and you're married. Um, I think it is extremely important to let your spouse in on your past because that is a part of who you are. And like I said, though it doesn't define you, it does shape you. And you owe it to your partner to give them an idea of who you are and where you've come from. And maybe you, you haven't done that yet. Maybe you're married and you just don't feel comfortable going there with your spouse. Let me just assure you, I don't mean talking about the nitty gritty details, every single nitty gritty detail. But if your past is a book or a chapter in a book, 
I don't think you have to read every word for word for word, but I do think it's important that they have a summary of each section of your past, a summary, an understanding of who you are and what you've come from and what you've been through. I think it's a really important part of having an intimate, authentic relationship. But again, Melissa, going back to your question, you don't start there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And thank you so much. That was such an insightful question. And, um, you know, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing how you apply this to dating in Miami. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Melissa. You take care. You too. Today on the podcast, we talked to Melissa about the concept of oversharing. And I bet you could relate. I mean, have you ever walked away from a conversation and you felt like, oh man, I just said too much. I should not have said all that. And I think we've all been there. And after the recording today, I was kind of processing with Melissa a little bit more and she had some insight and said, you know, I wonder if I'm oversharing because of the shame that I'm experiencing. You know, I I feel shame for my past and the things I've done and I want to lead with my past. You know, I want to lead with that so people know what they're getting into. I want them to hear it from me before they hear it from anybody else. And that was so insightful because our shame can really guide our oversharing if we're not careful. But instead of leading with who we were, I think it's important to lead with who we are. Lead the conversation with who you are today, and especially with your identity today, your identity in Christ, because that trumps everything in your past. You are no longer the mistakes of your past. You are no longer a result of the things you have done, but rather you are who God is in your life today, what God is doing in your life today. And I think it's important to lead with that. And, you know, sometimes we overshare because we're looking for approval. Sometimes we overshare because we're desperate for connection. And like Melissa, sometimes we overshare because of our shame. But whatever it is, I think it's important to recognize the reasons that we're oversharing and kind of take inventory of where we're at and what work needs to be done in getting ourselves healthy with regard to our identity and what we believe about ourselves. And then when it comes to dating, I just need to give you some practical things here because we can easily overshare in the world of dating and not just dating, but when you're first getting to know someone as a friend, it's important to have boundaries even in those early conversations. Because like I said earlier, we've got to start in the shallow end before we get to the deep end. So when you're getting to know someone for the first time or you're going on those first few dates, let me give you a list of 10 things not to talk about, 10 things not to share in those first few dates, those first few season of getting to know somebody. Number one, your past relationships. The last thing anyone wants to hear about is your ex or that person you used to be interested or why that relationship didn't work out. Um, I think so many people start with this as a conversation starter, especially with dating. And I just think it's a terrible place to begin. Don't talk about the things you did wrong and your failures and mistakes and your heartbreaks. Um, Talk about the things that you are doing now and who you are today. I think there's a time and place to share your relationship history, but it's definitely not on the first date. 
The other thing you shouldn't share about early is your baggage. Uh, Like the specific example above, I don't recommend that you share your entire life story like we just talked about, you know, on the first date, mostly because you still don't know who you're talking to. You don't know your audience yet. You know, you don't know who this person is or whether or not they're even trustworthy. And for most of us as Christians, God has brought us from darkness to light. We all have a past, and it is a story worth sharing. But let's also remember that our story is valuable. It's a vulnerable part of who we are, and it's not for everybody. So there's parts of our story that can and should be shared. But let's remember to hold on to the baggage until somebody has proven that they are trustworthy and that you can trust them as you start to share these important parts of your life. The other thing uh, is your sexual history. Like we talked about with Melissa today, your sexual history is a very personal part of your life, and I don't recommend sharing it with someone that you're just getting to know. You're not defined by your sexual past. You're defined by the person you are today. And there will be a time to share this part of your life for the purpose of confession, for the purpose of healing. But let's just get through dessert without dabbling into anatomy lessons and talking about our sexual past. Let's take it one date at a time. Another thing to avoid is hot debate topics. Those hot topics, you know, um, whether it be politics or what's going on in the news or media, I think it's important to be passionate about things. But sometimes starting with those things when someone doesn't know your heart can be misleading and off-putting. And um, I think the only exception to this rule is if there actually is a passionate topic, a hot topic that you are so passionate about that you want to be defined by it. Because let's be honest, when you lead with these conversations, this is what's going to stick and this is what people are going to remember. So if it's something you want to be defined by, you're that passionate about, then go ahead. But for everybody else, I say, just save those hot topics for a little bit later when someone knows your heart and you know theirs. The other thing I would suggest is not to trash talk. What I mean by that is keep your negativity at home. Don't be complaining and criticizing in this type of setting. And and I get it. Like sometimes there's things that you want to talk about and 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 things that you want to share about your opinions and beliefs. But when you're complaining, criticizing on a very first date, I would say I would put you in the yellow category of someone I have to be cautious around. I'm not saying there's never a time to share anything negative, but when you start with the negative, you usually stay there. People who start with the negative usually stay there. So don't be that kind of person on a first date. Another thing um, is don't talk about marriage and children. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about children if you have some. I think it's important to talk about your kids if you have kids, but don't talk about your future marriage and your future desires to have children. And like I, like I said earlier, like don't get to the future before you've actually lived the present, you know? It's just focus on what's going on right now. Don't focus on marriage and children and all the things that you want to do down the road because that can be really intimidating for someone to hear, you know? Um don't jump 5 years down the road before you've had your appetizers. I think it's important to talk about what you want and what God is calling you to, but um, really be cautious about talking about the future and staying there in a conversation with someone that you just met. Money, I don't know about you, but I find this topic to be personal, 
and how much you make, how much you owe, how much you give, how much you spend. All these things are really important, intimate parts of who you are. And I think it is important to share them with your closest circles, but leave those conversations out when you're first getting to know somebody. I would also avoid talking about things that most of your friends don't know about you. Um, When we talked about the circle of friends today and, you know, circle one, circle two, circle three, if people in circle one and two don't know this stuff, you should not be sharing it with circle three. I think that's a really important principle to keep in mind as you're talking and getting to know someone for the first time. Emotional and mental struggles, physical struggles, um, health struggles. Believe it or not, when I first met my husband, John, I was walking through a dark valley of depression, but I didn't tell him, you know, I really didn't. I didn't know him well enough at that time to know whether or not I could trust him with such an intimate part of my life. And um, he was proving to be a great guy at the time, and I was seeing glimpses of wisdom and maturity in him, but we'd only known each other for a few months, and I just felt like I couldn't trust him with something that important. That kind of conversation had to be earned. As for my depression, my family, my physician, my closest friends, they all knew. They were all there to love me and support me during that time. So I was sharing with the people that I needed to share with, but there was no need to be telling him for the sake of talking about it. I had the support I needed and I was able to proceed with our friendship and dating relationship without sharing those intimate details of my life. Later on in our relationship, of course, as things got more serious, I was more than able to talk to him about those things and he welcomed me into his life with open arms and he was such a great support and help and encouragement. But whether we're talking about physical struggles, such as infertility or illness, mental struggles, such as depression, anxiety, just wait until trust has been earned before you give someone those important parts of your life. And lastly, I'm going to say this, prayer, avoid praying together. Say what? You don't think we should pray together? Are you crazy, Deborah? You might be thinking that right now, but hear me out on this. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't thank God for your meal, you know, pray over a meal together if you so feel led. But what I am saying is that the first date is not the time to exchange heartfelt prayers with each other, you know? You're just getting to know each other. You're in this season of exploration. You're not in this season of binding. You're not in this season of intimate connection. Save those for later. Save those for moving past the first few dates. I think why so many single Christians end up getting hurt is because they exchange this portion of their relationship far too early in a relationship. Now, a lot of these things apply whether you're getting to know someone on a first date or if you're just meeting a new friend and and they're getting to know you and, and getting to know your heart. I think it's important to take it easy and start in the shallow end before you get to the deep end. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships. If you're looking to go deeper with the content in this podcast, I invite you to check out either of my books, True Love Dates or Choosing Marriage. You can also find in-depth courses and tons of free articles over at my blog, truelovedates.com. 
I love, love, love connecting with you. So find me on Facebook or Instagram at True Love Dates and give me a shout out. If you have a love and relationship question on your mind, reach out to me at truelovedates.com slash podcast for a chance to have your question answered on the show. If you're enjoying this podcast and want to see it go strong, subscribe and leave us your five-star rating and review. It makes all the difference for us in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Faleda, and it was so great being together again today. And I can't wait to chat with you next week. Take care. Thank you.